All right. So this week we blast into Christopher Nolan's newest movie creation, Oppenheimer. Based on, I don't know how closely based on, probably like loosely based on, true events and a book. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so this week we blast into Christopher Nolan's newest film, Oppenheimer, based on the life of J. Robert Oppenheimer and the uh, biography titled American Prometheus. This film that deals with the Manhattan Project and the fallout (laughs) of, of that project and the fallout of all the things that happen in in Oppenheimer's life. It has quite a cast. I cannot list everybody. I'm not going to because it's too many names. And it's quite a sight to behold and to listen to and to to experience with your eyes. Yes. Um, All those things are very true, Zach. And this is um, one of the most anticipated films of the year. And it is one half of the fabled Barbenheimer weekend. Mm. Uh, but one question uh, is more important than the rest. And that is, is, sorry, let me start over. That is, but is Oppenheimer good? We are going to find out within the let's, hour. Let's do it. But is it good podcast? Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Welcome to the podcast. Zach, you look flush. <laughs> yes. Why is that? I'm sick. I have a fever. It's yeah, like 101. You probably should go to bed. But now yeah. you're here. You're you know what's crazy? I felt what's okay crazy? yesterday. But I went to I was like, I'm gonna go to bed early, I'm gonna wake up early. I went to bed at like nine PM and didn't wake up until like eight forty five. And I was Damn. like, something's going on here. Yeah. And then throughout the day I've just felt worse and worse. Um, Hannah woke up quite sick this morning too. I actually worked from home because she's got her stomach's all messed up and Remember how like five years ago she was like in the hospital for like yeah a half. I mean she was having like and they yeah. put her on like an elimination diet at one point like it was a yeah, whole thing it's like that kind of pain again so we're hoping that it doesn't become that because that was a pain in the ass yeah that sucks I'm sorry it's been to a hear day. That. anyway um, welcome to the podcast I'm your host Hunter Callahan and I'm your host Flush Zach Olson which and y'all can't Zach? see that unless you watch us on Instagram but yeah which follow us on Instagram. Know. And yeah. you can see Flush Zach Olson. Um, Zach, we appreciate you toughing this out. But I also had the feel that, that you want to talk about this movie. I do. Uh, I do. But first, um, hope you've had a good weekend. Well, actually, we're going to talk a little bit about, you, about your weekend. I want to hear about it. Um, yeah. And I'm sure our listeners will, will want to hear this story, too. Uh, but please, yeah, please like and subscribe. 
This is part one of the Barbenheimer weekend, and then this coming weekend we are doing Barbie, which you have seen, right? I have. I'm probably going to go see it a second time. Gotcha, because I have not seen it. I'm seeing it this weekend when I get back from Colorado. So I'm very excited. Uh, But we can jump right in, shall we? Because you need to go to bed. Yeah, in about 15 minutes I need to be asleep. Sick. We're going to be quick. Zach, uh, can you you see Athena's foot? Just like sticking I up. I can't. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> just like right here. Zach, you um, you literally just got out of this film, didn't you? Uh, yeah, about an hour ago. So you can you can go first, even though I know this is your episode. Or do you want me to yeah. go first? Uh, I'll go first. So there's a reason I got out of the film. Yes, tell just us an the hour whole weekend. Ago. Please tell us the whole story. So we're gonna start this story about a month and a half ago, two months <laughs> yes. ago. Yes, and please, you know. Forgive our tangent, but this is this is required listening. So about two months ago, right when they started sell, whenever it was that they started selling the IMAX tickets, because those mm-hmm. were on sale well before the the movie released. Yes, we purchased IMAX tickets for a true. showing on um, Sunday. Well, f- first let me back up. We thought we were purchasing tickets for a Saturday night showing. Yes. When we purchased them, we purchased them in one big group. There were like 12 of us. So it was mm-hmm. like, these tickets are like $25 a pop. So yep. we're talking like a $400 ticket sale for Fandango. Yep. This was all through Fandango. Uh, when we bought the tickets, it said Sunday at 2.50 p.m. And we're like, oh shit, can everyone still go? It was I okay because <laughs> everyone could go except for Hunter. And we don't, well, yeah. I mean, that was fine, you know. Yes, not really like um, me anyway. <laughs> Um, but we were able to, to attend the showing. So we drive up there. This is at the Mall of Georgia, which if you know where the Mall of Georgia is in comparison to Atlanta or Peachtree City, which is where I was, uh, it's quite it's a trek. It's, 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 it's 70 miles from my dad's house, which I dropped. That, you can drive to Athens. Yeah. For that long. Right. Well, wow, no. Okay. Athens, well, is, Athens is further. From where um, I used to live, it was like 73 miles. doesn't matter. Continue. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so it's quite a trek up there. And we get up there, and we're walking into the movie, and the man scans our tickets, which say on them, like, you know, the little QR code? Right under the mm-hmm. QR code, it says 250, Sunday, you know, July 23rd. Um, he scans them, and he says, no, these are for last night's showing. We can't let you in. There's people in your seats. To which we are like, <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. Um. We weren't the only ones that, that happened to. There were other people That's there That's that got turned away for the exact same reason. People who were like dressed up in like suits with the little hat, yep. little Oppenheimer yep. hat, you know, like people who were ready. Um, and apparently, because one of the theater attendants, you know, the guys like scanning tickets or whatever, told me that last night's showing was basically, or two nights ago, the Saturday night showing that we thought we were buying tickets to, but mm-hmm. it told us that we didn't was essentially empty. That's insane, man. Um, because everyone thought that their tickets were for, for Sunday. So we didn't get to see it. Uh, they comped us some tickets for Mission Impossible, so I got to see that a second time. It's about the same on a second watch, I'll say <laughs> that. Um, and then they gave us... So, Hunter, actually, we have tickets to see Oppenheimer... Yes. At the Mall of Georgia, <laughs> which is quite a trek, at like 11.30 p.m. on Wednesday, August 9th. 
Oh my God. <laughs> in addition to that, because the whole group did not want to make that drive again. They were like, just get us our money back. And if you get tickets, like y'all can have them. So we have tickets to see Oppenheimer and IMAX. And we also both have an IMAX voucher that we can use for like anything. Hell yeah. So, um, and uh, Alec, who purchased the tickets, is attempting to get a full refund through Fandango because that was Regal that, that did that, that comped us all that stuff. Gotcha. Even though it, it, I don't think it was their fault. And originally they were like, yeah, we can't do anything. But then they, they gave us tickets to, to um, Mission Impossible. And then when we got out, we were just leaving and they were like, hey, wait, we want to make this right. I guess the manager talked to like a regional manager or something. And the yeah. regional manager was like, please give them tickets. Just do something. Yeah. Right. 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 Um, I'll go on record as I will want to try and make that. That's okay. Sick. I would, I would <laughs> love to see Oppenheimer once again, but also 70 like, millimeter, like IMAX. Are yeah. you kidding me? Heck yeah. We'll yeah. get home at like 3 a.m., but whatever. <laughs> mm. You'll probably get home closer to three thirty or four. Yeah. Might just have to spend the night with you. <laughs> yeah, you can, but it's still, about 50 miles. It's it's pretty far. Yeah. Anyway. Okay, so oh, yes. I was supposed to talk about how I felt about the movie. Yes, because you, you did see it. I did see it. I saw it very recently. It was haunting, man. Like, it was yeah. extremely... Like, it was, it was great. It was really well done. I mean, it's Christopher Nolan. But he... He... It doesn't matter what kind of movie he makes, right? He could be making a movie about a shitty magician who didn't keep his secret from Cutter. He could be making a movie about uh, a little top that spins, and if it doesn't stop spinning, that means you're in a dream. Or he could be making a Batman movie. He has this style that is so unmistakable. And there were scenes in this movie, there was a sex scene my that God, only only about it. only Christopher Nolan could have done that in that way, you know, and it was just so. But anyways, all that to say, this movie is so haunting. I got out of the theater and I was just like, "Good Lord, I'm gonna quit my job and just like learn physics so that I can <laughs> undo. Like, if we should we should undo nuclear fission, just like cancel it, just be like, it can't happen anymore." Right, 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 right. Yeah, dude. Um, I yeah. So I saw this Friday night. Uh, mind you, while it wasn't an IMAX NCG, it was on the Extreme Theater, whatever. Uh, they were. It was. It, it was well. It, it was good. It was a good showing. Packed. Mm-hmm. It was packed out. Um, I haven't been this in awe at the movie theater in a long time. And mm-hmm. Athena's so loud, I can hear her drinking water. <laughs> um, anyway. She's, I'm she's a thirsty of, girl. <laughs> I'm thinking of like <clears throat> the last theater experience that was this intense. And I thought of like everything everywhere at once. But that's a different kind of intense. You know what I'm saying? Different. It's a different yeah, yeah. experience. This was like from go, just like captivated. And I ran into a friend of mine, Jesse Dukes. I think you know Jesse Dukes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He, he, so he did my wedding, so we talked about a lot of stuff. But I ran into him, and we talked about movies. And he had just seen Oppenheimer, too. And I said to him, I was like, dude, it's so funny because we get the privilege. And I say privilege because we are lucky to be able to watch a lot of movies for this podcast. 
a lot of movies that we love, a lot of movies that, that are fun, a lot of movies that we don't like, but a lot of movies. And like you said, there's just something about Nolan's films. Mm-hmm. In Within minutes, I was like, God, this is just so much better than anything I've seen in such a long time. I don't know what it is, just the framing, the direction, the editing, the everything. I was like, this is just elevated. And I'm a Nolan fanboy, so I'm biased and I sure. want to love it. I wanted to love it and I did love it. And like, I just, but also there was some really good humor in there that was really kind of natural and organic, but also kind of dark. Um, and yes, this come good Lord, the sex scene that people just kept talking about. They were like, Oh my God, it's a big deal. It was very, it was, it was tasteful and it was elegant, but it was also really interesting how he portrayed it. And then there's one scene like that that's very intimate um that i want to discuss that people i guess thought was strange but actually it's really interesting when you when you kind of break it down that's the one i was talking about i wasn't talking about the traditional sex scene i was talking about the the second one yes okay yeah um but then like at the end when he like pulls the rug you're just sort of sitting there just like Mm -hmm. good lord good lord man like um and it's just phenomenal. And the cast, oh my God, people just kept showing up. And I was like, I know. who's not in this movie? I know. It's people amazing. that you People that you love. Uh, like, okay, I'm just going to, I can't name everybody, but I'm going to throw out like three names that I was not expecting that, that mm-hmm. I don't think were advertised. Yeah, there's, or maybe there's I just one didn't. that got me. Let's see if you include it. Uh, well, the one that stuck out to me the most was uh, uh, Gary Oldman as yeah, as Truman. As Truman. I was like, oh, okay, that's a good, yeah. that's a good casting, but also characters that you're supposed to hate, and Christopher Nolan went out and got a an actor that people hate, yeah. uh, Casey Affleck, <laughs> as that 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 fucking uh, yeah. the like anti-Russian the, yeah, which I guess all the U.S. military is yes. anti, but he was at, like very like yeah. Anyways, um, but also there was some. There were some some younger names in this that I thought was awesome to see, like the guy who played Groves, like right hand man with the glasses. He mm-hmm. played like Green Goblin and made Spider Man Two. His name was okay. like Dane or something like that. And then there was the kid from Hereditary was in it for a minute. He was like one of the scientists. He was like a student. You're right. Um, and so like it's really it such a just a wide spectrum of of people. And then Killian Killian Murphy was just I mean tops and then also Robbie Downey Jr. It's so great to see him not playing Iron Man. I loved Iron Man, but like I I smell like Oscar noms for these people. Like Emily Blunt yeah. was incredible. Thor's Pugh was incredible. Matt Damon was incredible. Um every I mean everybody's in this. Everybody's in this. The I forget his name. He has a he has a long crazy name, but his name is David, I think, but it's Polka Dot Man. David um, Desmalkian. Yeah, he was in this uh, the guy who played Teller, I forget his name, but he was in he was in Licorice Pizza. Um, Fucking Josh Peck was in this, which he was yeah, in the trailer, yeah, I think. Yeah, dude. Like, um. <laughs> I was like, what? And they were great too, you know. Like, mm-hmm. it was awesome. And I, you know, there's I haven't there's parts where I haven't been that on edge, like in a scene where I already knew the outcome, too. Yeah, you know what I mean. I think of like Dunkirk, which is also a Nolan film. Like I was just super on edge the entire time, but like it was good. It was amazing. Anyway, we can we can do movie a minute and, and dive in because I want to talk about it. But I thought it was a masterpiece, honestly. 
Mm-hmm. I'm going to go mm-hmm. ahead. Well, I'll say what I'm going to say at the end of the episode. But um, yeah, movie. You're going to nominate it for a Golden Good, aren't you? Fuck yeah, I am, dude. You kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. I've got a, I've got a film that that we we might have two in a row here because I've heard just, I've heard I've heard great things about Barbie. I haven't seen. Just it. wait until you see Barbie. Yeah, I've heard it's amazing. I've also heard that it pissed off a lot of men, so I think that's awesome. Yeah, the ones that we're never going to get it in the are first too place. Fragile, are too fragile. Are too fragile. Sorry if I'm isolating my our audience un- unintentionally. Anyway, uh, oh, it's your turn. We don't. I don't want that audience. Yeah. If you're offended by a fucking Barbie movie, <laughs> you can move right along then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, keep scrolling on your little yeah. podcast app. <laughs> All right, it's your turn, right? Oh yeah, shit. Pull up the uh, on this being sick is no shit. excuse. Is no excuse for. I didn't say I'm sick. I said <laughs> shit. Um, let me sing you a song. Yeah, yeah sing me a song. Gonna do a movie in a but put it to put it to like um, like a Celine Dion song. I don't know many of those. I know that that. Titanic song. Zach is gonna do movie in a minute. But he's sick, but that's okay, cause he's a trooper and he's gonna do great. Near (laughs) far. Because we're remote, but sometimes we're not remote. Near far. You can do movie in a minute. <laughs> I've had this timer pulled up for a while. <laughs> I figured I'm, you would. I'm enjoying this. All right, it's your turn. Go ahead. Oh shit. Okay. All right. It's a true story. It's not. It's nonfiction. I know. Easy. Yeah, it should be. Should All be you're doing very easy. Is, is telling how the world changed forever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Movie in a minute. Oppenheimer in three, two, one, go. Okay, so we follow the life of J. Robert Oppenheimer. He went to Europe to study uh, like quantum physics, brought it back to the U.S. He was uh, associated with the Communist Party for a while. He was never actually like a, a like a, a you know, communist. Um, he was called on for the Manhattan Project and he was like basically in charge of whatever the fuck that little town was called, uh, Los Alamos or something. Um, and he like spearheaded the whole thing, cre- created the atomic bomb, and then said, shit, we shouldn't have done this. He had a girlfriend that was like a mistress because he had a wife, but his mistress committed suicide because he wasn't there for her, and he felt really bad about that. Then the bomb blew up, and he felt really bad, and then he spent the rest of his life doing like like trying to influence policy, and there was this really sleazy guy. Uh, it's Robert Downey Jr. in real life and he tried to do things and then he got stifled. And that's, that's it. Amazing. Is that good? Great, great word choice there. He got stifled. Mm-hmm. Good vocabulary. Mm-hmm. Strong. Um, shall we dive in? Yeah. Sploosh. Um, God, I'm trying to think of it like this movie is, if one, one is three hours so that there's a lot to be pulled up like a, synopsis or something like that. I don't even know how we want to approach this. Um, what do you think of them telling this story, which is, you know, again, a nonfiction story, 
um, in a non-linear fashion and true Nolan fashion, like in a true Nolan style. Do you think it, it got too in, too confusing? Do you think it was too much? Do you think it was amazing? No, I thought. I mean, I thought at first it was a little confusing because I wasn't sure where we were in the timeline. But then when I put two and two together, and it didn't really. Um, coalesce until the end i thought it was brilliant did you notice right at the beginning color was fusion and black and white was fission oh nice yeah i think so so color it was it was a shot of uh oppenheimer right Mm -hmm. and it said fusion one fusion and then two black and white was uh robert downey jr's character can't remember his name what was his name strauss strauss lewis strauss uh, and it was fission, which is brilliant if you think about it, because Oppenheimer brought all these people together to, you know, work on this project. And that was like his story, right? At least mm-hmm. like the first half of it, I guess. Yeah. Whereas whereas Strauss was like ripping people apart and like doing all this shady shit in the background. Isn't that cool? Bunch, a bunch of shady shit. I think it's brilliant. Isn't that cool? Um, I uh, I also loved the, and this is a little thing, but usually in films you'll see the the past in a black and white setting. You it's know what they did here? No, I know. I love that. I think that it's awesome to kind of show the future in the black and white setting, and then the and then then the color is in the black and is in the past. Well, it wasn't. Um, hold on, because it wasn't exactly that. It was like if it was from. If the story was being told from Oppenheimer's perspective, or if it was like surrounding him, it was color. And if it was from Strauss's perspective or about Strauss, it was black and white. Because there are certain scenes that we see twice, and it's in black and white and so color, right. but it's you're it's so the right. exact same scene. It's just from a different angle. I was going to say too, actually, you're right, because even at the end, we see him older getting his like mm-hmm. medal or whatever, and it's color. Right. You know, it's funny. Um, this was written, this script was written in first person, which is like super rare, super strange. Yeah. Like Nolan wrote it. Um, I think, I think Nolan wrote it actually. Yeah. Christopher Nolan wrote, like wrote the screenplay too. He wrote it in first person. I listened to to an interview today with the cast. It was Nolan, Robert Downey Jr., Killian Murphy, and mm-hmm. Blatt, Matt Damon. I think it was Matt Damon who was talking about it, but he was like, it's first person. So when you read it, it says, I will like, instead of saying, Oppenheimer walked over to the window, he says, I walked towards the window. And so, yeah, it's really interesting to think that like, maybe the eye sections were the ones that are all in color. And then Strauss is, you know what I'm saying? That makes sense? Sure. Which, but, which might not might not have been how it, it was But if was Matt written. Damon was reading the script and saying, I walked over to the door, do you think each cast member had like a, a separate no. script? No, because he was saying, and he was saying like instead of saying Oppenheimer walked to the window, it says mm-hmm. I. So he he okay. implies that it's just like from from Oppenheimer's perspective, because it's based off of his, of well, it's, it's not like his book, but American. Prometheus it's a is, biography is like, about him yeah, called about him. American Prometheus. Um, but which I just, I, is flying off the sh- or has been flying off the shelves before this movie released. I know. I, I think. I don't know if um, Ethan finished it, but I know he was attempting to read the entire book before, which is, I think it's a pretty thick, really? a thick boy. Um, but I think he was trying to finish it before the before the movie ended. Um, I was going to say something, I forgot what it was. 
721 pages. Good Lord. Um, I had something I was going to ask you about, but I forgot it was. Think with your, with your brain. What was it? I don't know. Um, damn. Why are my lips so red? I don't know. It's probably just because you're so flush. Um, I guess. I really don't even know where to like how to attack this movie genuinely. <clears throat> um, but we start with him in school, correct? Well, no. <laughs> Chronologically, we would. Yes. But we start with him uh, at like a deposition for oh, yeah, like right. his security See, clearance. I've got to start seeing these movies like on Sunday afternoon so that when we record, it's like... <laughs> fresh? It's like fresh. Because this is a lot of movie. It's three hours. But you're yeah. right. He starts um, in his like quote-unquote hearing and they uh, they keep repeating, this is not a court. This is not a... Right, right, right. But he, he has a statement, yeah. And he is talking about his start and so yes, yes. the first yes. N- like the first flashback we get is is him in school and he's not you feeling just watch this so i'm gonna let you lead this one okay even though it, all right it, it is your episode um he's at uh i think it was cambridge mm-hmm. in the in the the uk and he doesn't like his tutor and he tries to poison him with cyanide and then well, he goes later, later he says that that he likes him very much well, but in that moment, he didn't like it. Yes, yes, fair. Um, and later on in the movie, if you want to jump there, even though you said you'd let me lead, you butthead, uh, he says that he, you know, was going through some stuff. And I think he went through some, like, psychoanalysis because he, you know, because he knew who Freud and, uh, 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 oh, shit, who's the other one? I'm a fucking, I have a psychology major. Who's the other guy? Jung, Jung. Um, he was talking know. about them with uh, Florence Pugh's character. Mm. Uh, when she's naked reading books or topless reading books. Yes. Yes. And um, that's when he says the famous line too, which he says again. The, well, he says it for death. the first time there. Yeah. 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 Uh, and he goes to a, a lecture. I can't remember who gave the lecture, but it was someone famous. Was it, was it Kenneth Brownow's character gave the, the first so. lecture? Yes. Yes, it was. It was? It, was. it totally was. Yeah. Yeah. Bom, okay. Bom, 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 bom. Bom. Bom is a, 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 a like a quantum physicist. He's very well known. I took a fucking psychology class and we talked about him. About like well, there's, a bunch there's, of different there's, probabilities and stuff. And it was yeah. Somehow related to psychology. It's crazy. No, it says it says Bohr. Niels oh, Bohr. Yeah, that's it. I was just uh, speaking out of my ass, but it was Bohr. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, <laughs> I, it's amazing to me and this is much more like a history thing than it is just this movie but I think it's, it's well done mm-hmm. how many names you like recognize well just we like, didn't recognize of, that one <laughs> well no but I'm saying like of the like of like the 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 greats you know what I'm saying um, uh, there's another one like Bainbridge and then Heisenberg you know well sure um, all these names. You know, it would it would have been the biggest flex. I know that at that point in time, Heisenberg was like young, but can mm. you imagine if he goes to that lecture and it's fucking uh, uh, Brian Cranston? <laughs> wait, was oh no, I'm thinking something else. Uh, I just watched a movie that that he was surprisingly in, and I was like, wait, was Brian Cranston? This? But no, that'd be amazing. No, he was not. Uh, but also Einstein's in this. All these people. Mm-hmm. I just think it's amazing. Anyway, yes, he goes to this lecture. Um, and after the lecture, 
dude is like, hey, you're brilliant. You asked the only good question. You should get out of this shitty Cambridge because Cambridge fucking sucks and go to, uh, he doesn't say that, yeah. uh, and go to Göttingen in Germany and, and learn under some actual like quantum physicists. So he, so he goes Heisenberg. there. He meets Heisenberg there and they, you know, talk and they're like, ha, 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 ha. Then he returns to the U.S. and starts teaching at uh, where Trey Berkeley, is. Berkeley and Caltech. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, not exactly where Trey is, but University of California, yes. Isn't he, isn't Trey at UC Berkeley? No, he's at Davis. You're right, he's at Davis. He's officially faculty, by the way. He finished his residency yesterday. Yeah, that's awesome. Amazing. Congratulations, yeah, Trey. passed his boards, too, so he's so he's certified. He is a veterinarian professor. Not not professor, but whatever his title is. Anyway, cool, congrats, cool. Trey. Love you. Congrats, Trey. That's awesome. That was really cool. Uh, uh, did he? Does he have like a? Do you, Do you graduate and then do your residency, or do you do your residency and then graduate? Both. Uh, he so graduated, he, did his internship, graduated, did his residency, and graduated. Or like had a ceremony. He didn't like graduate from his residency. How many graduations has Trey? So he had high school graduation, right? High he had undergrad at UGA. He had vet school graduation at UGA, yeah. and then he's had three in California? No, he had his internship in Purdue. Okay. Graduated. So f- and then he had... Davis. Uh, Davis. So he's graduated five times. Five times. Dang. Now he's now he's faculty at the number one, or number two, one of the two, vet school in the world. Did y'all graduate in uh, elementary school? Heck like, yeah, did y'all... Get little fucking diplomas yeah. and like walk up and sing some song about like the world or whatever, like we did at Kedron. Yeah, we did. We did. I don't know about the song, but we definitely graduated. What's happening back there? She's chewing on something. I was just making sure it was something that she's allowed to chew on, and it is. Okay, good. Anyway, yeah, so he's teaching. <clears throat> um, but I also loved that. I don't know. I just loved him being like the pioneer at Caltech and like Berkeley. He had like one student to begin. And he was well, like because, super excited. Because no one in the US could comprehend quantum physics yeah. was the the what they were putting down for us to pick up, right? Um and he was right next to the lab of that guy who was like his buddy, but like Ernest Lawrence. At a distance. Yeah, yeah, Ernest Lawrence. The return of Josh Hartnett, the dude who vanished. He was in Pearl Harbor and vanished for like twenty years. What? The guy who plays Ernest Hartnett, I mean, Ernest Lawrence, is Josh Hartnett. And what happened with Josh Hartnett? He So he was in Pearl Harbor with, with uh, Ben Affleck, right? Oh, a movie? I thought... And, no, no, no. And not... not I, thought you saying, I thought you were saying this actor, like, disappeared in Pearl Harbor a long no, he fucking was, time uh, ago. He was in the movie Pearl Harbor with, with, with Ben Affleck. You know, it's... Okay. Uh, Michael Bay or whatever and it was a big deal yeah. he was in Black Hawk Down mm-hmm. and then he like sort of vanished for like 15 years he well, did like small happens. stuff he did like no I, 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 I think he like chose to he kind of took a step back wasn't um, he in hold on wasn't he in a sh- a sh- didn't he do TV for a while yeah like he he did he did some uh, some stuff but apparently I'm reading this real quick apparently uh, in the 2000s, he was 
approached several times to play Superman. Um, Interesting. But then also, uh, he was offered, he was offered, so he said no to Batman in Batman Begins. So like he was actively like kind of just kind of staying out of the limelight and then Chris Nolan's like, hey man, come back. And he's like, sick. Oh, the music video to Pursuit of Happiness, you know? I'm on the pursuit of happiness. He directed it. How about that? Amazing. Really? Yeah. Kid Cuddy? Interesting. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, yeah, he's next to the lab of Ernest Lawrence. So mm-hmm. who's 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 the technical side, right? He's the guy who brings it from theory to practice, essentially. Yeah, because he builds little machines and shit. But the the seeds of distrust begin to sow because he allows political meetings in his room. Is that what it is? Like clubs or whatever? Yeah, so he um, he's an activist, which is great. But it sort of gets in the way of his... Uh, military research and then his later here i'm gonna give me a second are you what are you doing it's like a a toy that crinkles and apparently the inside of it's just a fucking water bottle and so now she's gotten the water bottle out and she's just chewing on it but um she hasn't, few of those. she hasn't eaten it so i think it's okay she just kind of like can you hear it yeah kind of but it's all right you sure because I can I mean, take it away from her and, and just make her really sad not for fine. the pod. <laughs> okay. Okay. So back to the, um, where were we? Uh, yeah, he has, like, he's like a sympathizer for the Communist Party, I guess you would say. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not. He doesn't have, like, a card. He never officially joins. Uh, he's just, like, sympathetic to the cause. But at one of the get-togethers, um, his brother's dating this girl, and they end up getting married, and she's, like, a like a hardcore communist. And then he meets uh, Jean Tetlock, Florence Pugh, and they have a little, you know, spicy little combo. I don't even remember what they said. I just know it cut to them having sex. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. And we hear the the line she like grabs a book in the during basically and he says the famous which is one of the most quoted lines ever it's from the i think it's from the i'm not sure how to say it but but gita um and it's the i and, and so i've become death the destroyer worlds yep which i think he's, he's he says again um when he does the trinity test and there's actually footage of him saying it like it's 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 filmed um and this is not the sex scene that everyone's like talking about. We'll get to the one that everyone's talking about. Um, but yeah, so this first half, let's let's just because there's so much of this that we probably can't go through it chronologically and get through everything. Um, up until up until the he gets recruited for the Manhattan Project, right? Mm-hmm. What do you think of everything so far? Yeah, I mean it was. It felt like necessary backstory. It didn't feel like okay. So this movie was three hours long, and it did not, it did not stretch on too long, right? Like mm-hmm. everything felt like it was needed. It it painted a full story. I think it was done in in, in, a, in a good way. So yeah, the first third, even though you know he's not actively building the bomb yet, I thought was really, um, it carried the story forward. Like it was it was intriguing yeah. and interesting as I watched. Well, 
it's it's great too because it's inter interlaced with these teases of kind of what's to come. You know, you have Strauss, and mm-hmm. he's in, he actually is in a hearing, and he's and you actually have t- you know cuts of Oppenheimer in his hearing and his little quasi hearing, and you kind of start to get pieces of like what the aftermath is before we actually see what happens. Um, so he definitely does a good job of kind of keeping you in it, and it's not just like backstory and exposition. But even if it was, it's so well done and it's super um, intentional. That's the thing about Nolan, man, is like, at least to me, every single shot, every single scene, every single word feels like it's so on purpose. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. There's not, there's, <laughs> and obviously I'm talking about a different kind of genre here, but there's, there's no jokes for jokes sakes where they make a quip and they pause for laughter. Mm-hmm. Like everything, everything is intentional. It's on purpose and it's natural. And it's like, I love that Nolan tells the audience, all right, keep up. You know what I'm saying? Like, keep up. They go through people, they rattle off names like we should know who they are because in the world that they're living in, they're household names. In their mm-hmm. circle, they're household names. And it's like, if you don't know who it is, okay, pay attention because we'll give you context clues. But if not, sorry, you know? You're out of luck. I love when when a, a, a director treats his audience like they're adults, you know. And well, says, no one no one does a good job of that. He does. He does. Um, but yeah, then he gets we we meet uh, Leslie Groves, Mr. Matt Damon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are you okay? Are you gonna make it through? Are you? Feeling yeah, like I'm gonna shit? make it through. I'm just like my. It takes me like five seconds to comprehend what you've said. Mm. <laughs> Is it is almost ten o'clock? So I imagine you're no. This is the this is the fever. It's like my brain is. Well, no, no. I'm saying I'm saying like on top of that. Mm -hmm. But anyway, yeah, we meet uh, Leslie Groves. What do you think of Matt of Matt Damon's performance in his in 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 his character? I mean, his. I mean, he did a a a great job. He was very. it's a very Matt Damon character, so it was a good casting, yeah. I think. You know what I mean? Like that's that's like the character that Matt Damon plays. Um but he did a great job. Uh I know that Leslie Groves was like if Oppenheimer was like the orchestrator of like all the scientists, Groves was mm-hmm. the the orchestrator of like all the resources and everything. Like he yeah. if it wasn't for him, uh we you know, the, the nuke might not have gotten made at, at least not that quickly. Yeah. Um which Maybe we'll talk about this later, but I want to ask you if Robert Oppenheimer hadn't made the nuke, if you think that the nuke would have gotten made eventually. Like if World War II like came yes. to an end normally, do you think that the nuke still would have been created? Oh, that's interesting. Because you know, you know Hitler is- Hitler was dead, and you know we dropped the nukes in in Japan which is awful. But the, the justification for it was that it was going to save a lot of lives because there was going to be this long campaign. It was called like Operation Downfall or something. And they were going to yeah. invade Japan, right? And it was just going to well, be... What's interesting, and we can go on, th- on this tangent because that's, I think this is what the film wants us to, to talk about anyway, which we'll, we'll, we'll mm-hmm. come back to the movie itself because there's vital parts and the filmmaking is incredible. But I think it's fascinating because I was just about to, add to, to, to ask you or, or mention that the film does a really great job of creating the urgency of like we have to beat the Nazis to this. Oh yeah, because for sure they're already doing it. Um, 
but to your point, yeah, during this process, it takes years. It takes like what two? I think two years, three years. Um, and a couple billion hit, dollars, which back yeah, then that is a lot that is of money. Um, Hitler does commit suicide, so Hitler's dead, and so the war is dwindling. But their their logic is that Japan has repeatedly refused to surrender and under any circumstances. Um, well, and, and most historians believe that they wouldn't have surrendered if we yes. hadn't dropped two nukes on them, and, yeah. and that it would have been a long, drawn-out conflict. I I think that they say, like, based on their culture and like the honor that they fight with, that it, that they would have just not surrendered until I guess just like defeated, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and even when I, I read some stuff about it, they said that they dropped the second one because. They dropped the first one, and apparently the the Japanese thought, well, for sure, these kind of bombs take a long time to build, so they don't have another one. They've only so got we, one of those, right? Yeah, yeah. so we, we don't surrender, and then boom, they, they did another one, and they're like, okay, we're, we're done. But I think, you know, the first when you first started asking that question, I thought, well, of course, it would have been built if Oppenheimer didn't do it. But when you said if World War II had ended, quote-unquote, normally, that's interesting, because I th- I think so. I think eventually, because I think another war would have just started up again eventually. Well, we because, we because much, it, it changed war. Yeah, I mean? like it right. became the Cold War. And they yeah, I was, was going to say that it, yeah. But this, I'm not sure if I was just misreading some some things, but it almost seemed like Nolan was leading. I don't know the. I haven't read his biography, right? I don't know. I don't know all the history, um, but it, it seemed like Nolan was laying down that uh, Oppenheimer, whether it was intentional or not, sort of like fed secrets to the Russians that allowed them to start creating nukes of their own, right? No, I like think, information. I think there was, was a spy. <clears throat> yeah, I thought it was revealed who it was later. Right, right, but but what I'm saying is the Russians started creating nukes because information was being fed to them from Oppenheimer's operation. So if Oppenheimer hadn't created the nuke, they wouldn't have gotten that information and would would it have been pursued, I guess is my question. I think it would have been pursued until the Nazis either did or couldn't do it. Um, okay, but the Nazis were defeated, so it wasn't Nazis anymore. Fair. See what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's a valid question. I think it might have taken longer, but what's interesting is that, because there's, there's, there's a line in there somewhere, I think it's Oppenheimer who says it, where it's like, this is the weapon that will end all wars, or something like that. Well, um, what he was saying, and what he thought was going to happen, was that if the world saw the destruction that the atomic bomb was capable of, of creating, that it would unanimously be decided that we will not we will not have war anymore yeah um how and foolish then of him. huh i said how how foolish of him to think that unfortunately right. how naive uh and then when he realized that that didn't work <laughs> that i mean think about the the haunting scene it's like a horror movie where he he's giving the speech oh this is such a great scene this is such a great scene. 
and everyone's just like fucking cheering and he hears like a girl like scream and then he like looks at this other girl and her face is melting off and you know it's just you know what I mean like they're all like so excited that they just killed all these people and he's just like horrified on the inside right yeah. and, and so he's like coming to realize that not everyone sees it. some people do like there's this this guy crying with these his guys, girlfriend and then there's this guy throwing, throwing up. up outside right but but the the vast majority of people are just like yeah we killed those fuckers essentially yeah it was, um, what's crazy is like first off that scene is is incredible it's such a does such a good job of like showing his almost like dissociation and right like <clears throat> the look on his face is just pure like numbness almost and the 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 <clears throat> behind him is like shaking right yeah his well, whole like, world so is just exactly so he's given the speech and like <clears throat> he people are cheering and that like roar of the of of the feet stomping which they use in the trailers and it kind of mm-hmm, creeps mm-hmm. in throughout the movie um and then he, but we'll, like <clears throat> what he's saying you can tell he just doesn't believe it oh he's sure he's like so disillusioned where he's like <clears throat> you know he says stuff that's like it's cheesy and he's just like well you know sure as heck wouldn't have been the Nazis or something and people just like lose their minds and they go crazy but what's great about the scene is that he can't even hear it it's like just like a it's it's, it's like a droning to him right right um, but he just keeps and each time he says something he just looks more and more like defeated and sure just like empty <clears throat> It's a great scene. Great scene. It was a good scene. What were we talking um, about before that? <laughs> about like whether or not the bomb would have been made. But let's talk about the actual bomb. Like I think how they showed the creation of it is very fascinating. It's very interesting. The amount of knowledge that he had to have done like research on to write this script in a way that was like one correct but also like interesting is just incredible to me. Well, there are directors that that just like write a script and just like make a movie. You know, I'm thinking about a lot of contemporary films mm-hmm. uh, and they just like throw some shit together and make it and they don't really care. And then there are, there are directors that are like fucking obsessive and yeah. uh, uh, James Cameron, all the work that he did to create the fucking avatar universe, there's like yep. books and books of lore that he's, 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 either put together or had a very large part in the creation of, right? Mm-hmm. And then and then yeah, Christopher Nolan is going to do all the research and learn all the things so that it's like rock solid, right? That's like who he is as a director. That's why um he's not cranking out like a movie every year cuz he's got to do his due diligence. Like, yes, exactly. You know. Um and then he has to, excuse me, he has to set off an actual bomb to mm-hmm. do the actual um, filming, which I think there's only a handful of visual effects shots that is that are CGI enhanced. I'm not going to say created because I think almost they're all practical, but they're just maybe just embellished. Uh, I thought I had read that it was all practically done, even the like quantum little quantum realm shit. That we see, it's like practically really? done, and it just looks that way. Yeah. Maybe I'm thinking of something else then. But yeah, he set up a bomb like more than once to film this. Um, a nuke? insane, man. 
this is, I, I, I don't think it was a new. Was it actually? No, it was. It was not a new. It was not a new. Um, but what do you think of the whole Trinity test scene? Like we we build up to it, and then it finally happens. I I was like hype, but also like super anxious, even though I knew like the world is in it because they oh, thought the sure. world was going to end. It was like a. It was like um. I had the same anxiety during that whole sequence, which was like ten minutes long, mm-hmm. that I did watching like uncut gems. <laughs> it's just like, just stressful. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you one thing. I thought that guy that like ran outside with like ten seconds left. I thought he was going to be he was dead. Yeah, I thought he was dead too. And they didn't show like a charred body or like someone whose eardrums has been blown out or anything <laughs> like that. So I guess he made it. Yeah, I thought for sure somebody's fine. eyes were going to be blinded or some of that, but right, um, like they they weren't going to understand just how powerful it was, and and it was going to like fuck some people up. Uh, I'm glad that it didn't, but yes. the the long gap the the between the actual explosion and the the wave of sound, yeah, you know, like the the shock wave, uh, was haunting. I don't know. It's, this, it's just haunting, man. And like the yeah. whole notion of like, hey, this could also just destroy the world. Maybe, you know, yeah. like he meets he meets with Einstein to be like, run these numbers. Like, is this possible? And he was like, yeah, I mean, whatever. It's near and zero. I, I have so many questions that I was I was telling you, uh, right when I got out of the movie that I wish we like push this episode back like a week or two because so you start yeah. to do some fucking research like i want to know um you know he, theory can only take you so far he says that maybe not in those words but that's what he says right yeah i want to know if after they started testing atomic bombs they realized that the chance of uh uh combusting the atmosphere is zero or if it's still like almost zero and every yeah. time we blow up a nuke if it could happen like i'm i'm curious right you know what's funny is like it's still wild to me. Well, I'll 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 come back to that. But yeah, like that idea like they were that desperate, I guess. Like we have to build this first. Even though this could literally destroy everything. Um and we'll get back to that whether or not they started that chain reaction because I think that's how the movie ends. Um I want to shift. I know I sort of hijacked this, but I know you're sick and exhausted, so I'm trying to um, help you out. Uh, we've we've barely even talked about them, but I also want to talk about <clears throat> Strauss. So the bomb gets built. It gets dropped on Japan. Um, Oppenheimer starts uh, being haunted. He starts kind of pushing back against the use of nuclear weapons. He goes and meets with Truman, which we have Gary Oldman make a, a, a surprise cameo and tells Truman that he feels like he has blood on his hands. Uh, but to your point, Zach, like you said earlier, in that rally, everybody's like just super hype, like, hey, we we won the war. Um, those Japs got what they deserved when, you know, all that this sort of propaganda stuff. And Oppenheimer's like, we killed like 300,000 people, most of them who were innocent. Yeah, and most of them died like hor- maybe like they were instant, but a lot of them died like horrible, horrible deaths. And then 
you know, the government wants an H-bomb program because I think it's Teller who says, let's do hydrogen. Mm -hmm. So Truman wants an H-bomb. Oppenheimer's like, no, but he's still like this famous voice in science, and so he's making it tough. And so Strauss has this subtle and sneaky plan to sort of discredit Oppenheimer. And so I want to talk about just briefly, because I know we're already like at an hour. I know that we're already pushing it. What do you think of Downey Jr. like in this kind of role? Um, well, I've seen a bunch of shit on Twitter where people are like, oh, this proves he could act. You know, because I guess people were like, as Iron Man, he was just like a like a you know a Marvel superhero, which is very like formulaic and blah 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 blah. Um, Robert Downey Jr. has always been able to act. He was yeah. in plenty of movies before he became Iron Man. Um, I think he did a, a great job. I uh, I mean, I fell for his shtick. I don't know if that's him in his performance or if it's uh, uh, Christopher Nolan, but. I was like behind him. I thought he was a good guy until he wasn't. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. Um and he just brings this this um energy to the role that I think was very fitting for like this uh I don't know what you would label him as, like a was his, was his goal just to like progress as far as he possibly could in life? Like fuck everyone yeah. else. I don't care who like, I burn bridges he'd, with. He'd play the game basically. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and he, I think he did a, a wonderful job. Yeah, I think he definitely comes across as somebody who's a professional at playing the game of politics. Like, there's that one. Um, I forget the guy's name, but his like advisor. He he played Han Solo in in in, in the Solo movie. Isn't um, he like uh, Alden? What's his name? Einrich. Alden yeah, yeah. Einrich. Um, That's right. There's the whole scene where like Strauss kind of seems like he's like on his heels, and he's like, "What should I do?" But then like it cuts to the next scene, and he's like one step ahead already. Um, and that sort of shows the first little sneakiness of Strauss. But I also think it's so interesting to show him. Like before, you know he's like this snake, but show him giving Oppenheimer the tour of what Harvard, I think, something like that. Um, and he's like this super nice, like friendly guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, but then uh, Oppenheimer has a conversation with Einstein, and they talk about like that. that that's the the end of the movie, right? Even yes, though it which, happened, which, which we'll come back to. But yes. Okay, but Einstein walks by him and doesn't even look at him. Yeah, and and uh, Strauss's ego—he thinks it was about him, because that's the kind of character he is, right? Yes. It's like, what the fuck and did it, you say to him? And I, I loved, and we can just start jumping around now because it's already been an hour. But I loved how at the end, like when his his Senate aide is like realized that Strauss is the snake and it's all been like a, a like a ploy or whatever, and then. Um, Strauss keeps bringing up the the Einstein conversation, like he's obsessed with it, like like you were saying. Mm-hmm. And then he was humiliated by, by like the isotopes, or whatever, like in court, and he just like right. holds these these grudges, and he's like, um, uh, yeah, you know, I told you that that he talked to Einstein, and now he hates me, or whatever. And the Senate aide is like, they could have been some talking about something that didn't include you at all. They could have been talking about something that's more important. 
the way that, mm-hmm. that he delivers that line and like Strauss is like flabbergasted. Like he's like, how dare you yeah. think anything's more important than me? Um, what do you think that conversation was until we saw it at the end? Uh, I thought it was something to do with like blowing the whole fucking world up. So <laughs> that wasn't. So you were no. spot on. Yeah, I mean it's it's Oppenheimer talking to Einstein. You know. Yeah. Um, what when you when you operate in this mindset of quantum physics from Oppenheimer's perspective, or like relativity from from Einstein's perspective, what else could you say to someone to like? Like, think about how heavy the, the subject matter that they deal with is on a daily basis for, for large yeah. portions of their lives. Yeah. You know, it had to have You're been something be heavy. It wasn't, it wasn't going to yeah. be like the Mets lost. Yeah. You know? Which, which, ha- <laughs> which you know? happens a lot. <laughs> we love. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to be jumping around real quick, but I, I don't want to forget like, as we kind of get towards the end. Let's talk about the super, for some reason, controversial sex scene. Um, Is it controversial? Maybe not, because since the movie came out, I haven't seen much. But when it was coming out, I saw like five or six posts of being of pages being like, "Nolan filmed a sex scene, and we need to talk about it." Like, we well, it's because a, it's it's not like, a traditional sex scene. It's 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 very Nolan. Well, I think what it was is that they wouldn't give any details because the movie wasn't out yet, and they hadn't people hadn't seen it. And I was just like, what? Are we going to see, like, a, a boob? Is that what's so controversial? But it's an interesting portrayal of it. I really loved it where it's it's him and it's Gene and Oppenheimer. He he still goes to see her even though he's married. And mm-hmm. it, this actually comes back, back to bite him. And actually, I think it inadvertently leads to Gene committing suicide. But they, they spend that together. They, they have sex. But then they're just sitting in these chairs, right? Mm-hmm. Both of them completely naked, um, just talking. And it's I thought it was framed super interesting. It was super uh, tasteful, but also like it just really, it just it was really what's the word? Like it was bare. You know what I mean? Like literally because they were naked. Because they were naked. What do you think of it, for real? I mean, have you never had a naked? Hotel conversation with somebody. Oh, totally. Just like smoke a cigarette, well, sit across. I think what's interesting is like people thought that was so strange, but it's like that's about as intimate as it can get. Sure. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Jean's character was very interesting to me because, I mean, she was like in love with him. Yeah, but she right? like, don't call me or whatever. Right. Yeah. So like at the beginning, and you know, she had her own shit going on. I'm sure. But she was like, don't bring me flowers, don't answer my calls, like, leave me alone. Um, it was just an interesting dynamic. What did you think about her um, death scene where at one point there's a shot where she's just, like, in the tub by herself, and then there's another shot where there's, like, black-gloved hands, like, pushing her down into the water? Did you Did you pick up on that? Oh, I don't know. I might have missed that. Yeah, so at one point at one point she's like being pushed under the water. Um and there's a theory that she was murdered. But I don't know if I don't know if Nolan was was, uh hinting at that or if he was if it was more so 
like those were Oppenheimer's hands and he yeah. was the one actually doing it in his mind because he felt guilty because he wasn't there for her. I, I yeah. like that interpretation better, but you didn't catch yeah. that. I, I think I, I, when I think back, I, I remember seeing kind of more than one version of that death scene. Um, well, it's it's all in the same like sequence. Like it all yeah, happens yeah. together, right? Yeah. Um, but I like that interpretation of like Oppenheimer is the one who killed her, essentially. Um, well, he's not, but... Well, no, I know, but He like, feels that way. Maybe in her mind, but also like in his mind. In his mind, he, he definitely feels like it is. And I love that scene. We haven't talked about Emily Blunt much either, but she was great in this movie too. I love oh, when she, she finds badass. She him, when she finds him and she has that, that line of like, how can you expect to, to, to sin and then... What is it like? How can you sin and then play the victim and make everyone feel bad for you or something like that, right? Yeah, or like like how can you sin and then expect us to feel bad for your consequences? Yeah. Or something like, like that. And she's like... Pull, pull your like, shit... Yeah, pull yourself together. Yeah. Get your shit together. Get your shit together, man. Um, she was great. Everyone was just like on top of their game in this. Mm-hmm. Um, even the guy, like I forget his name, but the like the the prosecutor... David Desmalchian? Well, yes, he was great, but I'm, I'm, I mean, the prosecutor in the Oppenheimer hearing, the small hearing. Oh, the, what's he's, his name? He, he's been in a lot of stuff too. I, I can't think of his name. Dun, 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 dun. Is no, I can't. I, th- this cast list is so huge. Shibidi ba ba beep ba. Was that um? I can't find him. Wolfpack? Were you singing Wolfpack? No, but I love Wolfpack. What is this guy's name? Anyway, it doesn't matter. He was great. They were all great. But <coughs> we're Jason Clark. That's it. He was in Zero um, Dark Thirty. He was in like Did you see Pet Cemetery? <laughs> no. In two thousand nineteen. No. Yeah, he was he was in that. He was in one of the Planet of the Apes movies, I think. Mm. Um, let's, uh, we can go to towards the end now and kind of wrap up, but I'd love to know just, so he's discredited, he loses his, um, his clearance, and then Einstein has that, that great line of being like how he was kind of shunned and then they brought him back, but he was like, it was for them, not for you, so he's like, your government will re-embrace you, but don't forget that it's for them, not for you, and then it cuts to the future where... Now um, keep in mind when when Oppenheimer or when when Einstein says that to Oppenheimer that was in the past. Yes. So that was that was before he was like lost his security clearance. Yeah. So he's he basically being like, prophetic and saying, yeah, like, "Listen, you, d- you did this thing. You completed the project. It's awful. I know it really sucks. Um, they're gonna treat you like poo poo, and then treat you like yay later on in life. But yeah, it's for them. Actually, it's not for you." And, like, even this past year, like, the Biden administration, like, officially, I guess, like, retracted their decision to strip him of his clearance, even though he's been dead for, you know, 60 years. Um, but we get to the end. Um, he's kind of... And this moment actually doesn't... This, this When this moment happens in chronological order, he hasn't been stripped of his clearance yet. But we finally find out what he says and what's been said between him and Einstein... And how did you feel during that last sequence? And then we can wrap it up. 
Um, I mean, it was the most fitting ending. And it, it, I mean, it makes sense, right? I mean, shit. I don't. I don't know what you want me to say. It was. Very, <laughs> it was very. It's very fitting for the movie. He said, "You know how I gave you that that little equation, and we thought we were gonna like start a chain reaction that was going to like ignite the entire world." And and Sam was like, "Yeah, how could I forget?" And he says, uh, "Well, I think I did it." <gasps> yeah. Boom, Oppenheimer, because you know he's he's given them the means to destroy themselves. Well, and it's just like that. Seeing how that how that affected Einstein so quickly when he walks past Strauss, but also like that shot of like Oppenheimer's face, which 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 was, was everywhere in the trailers and the promo stuff. It's one of the first shots that we saw, just his face. Um, it's just terror, you know, like mm-hmm. a, but like resolve, but also just like horror and just guilt and. It's not the chain reaction that they expected, but he believes that. But the one that they deserved. Sorry, I was pulling in Batman quotes. And that's something that, like, those two bombs in Japan are the only nuclear weapons that have ever been fired or detonated in in an act of war, ever. Um, And so, in a sense, maybe he did create a weapon that ended those kinds of wars, sort of not entirely changed war but by creating that peace we we achieved it by everybody just building enough nukes to scare each other you know what i mean well in building more and more powerful nukes so now we have thermonuclear devices uh hydrogen bombs what what teller was working on and russia does too like i think the largest explosion ever recorded that we know about was uh and I could be wrong about this, but I remember you know you know you go down like a Wikipedia rabbit hole when oh, you're yeah. supposed to be doing homework oh, yeah. for Mr. Oh, Gerald's yeah. class, but you're yes. not doing the homework for Mr. Gerald's class and you're reading about like big explosions and shit. Yep. Like uh I learned about this bomb the same night that I learned about the Halifax explosion, which they, they talk about in this movie. They mention it yes. briefly. Which that was a fucking tragedy. This boat just fucking killed a bunch of people. Yeah. Anyways um, the Tsar Bomba is like a Russian thermonuclear device that at one point was the biggest fucking thing that had ever been blown up. And it was massive. Like it was like hundreds and hundreds of times more powerful than the bombs that were dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. I'm going to do a little research. You talk for a bit. I don't want to be wrong. No, you're fine. Uh, I just want to just add to that. Like, yeah, I think it's, it's wild. Um, I thought it was so just the way that he wrapped it up and kind of showing what Oppenheimer kind of foresaw and like the end of the world and that we have the means to do that to ourselves right now. You know, it wasn't the chain reaction that they expected, but it was in fact a chain reaction that he believed would lead to the annihilation of the planet. Mm-hmm. And just what a thing to leave you on, you know what I mean? Just be like, by the way, here's this, um, this is real. This could happen at any moment. That's insane. You know? Um, and while you're doing that, I'm going to f- give my final thoughts. Is that okay with you? Yeah. What was the there's what were the nukes called that we dropped? It was Little Boy and Big Man. <laughs> what was, was the I other don't one know. That, I I know it was Little Boy, but I don't remember what the what was called. But anyway, I thought it was a masterpiece. I thought it was. It's one of it's one of my favorite Nolan films. 
I'm going to give it some time and maybe another watch, hopefully in IMAX, because I got some recency bias for sure. Oh, in IMAX. Um, but uh, this is officially being nominated by uh, for a Golden Good on my end. So, Zach, while you're doing that, I'm going to ask you a question. Is that okay with you? Mm-hmm. Fat Man. Deb- Fat Man. It's from Calling deb- You. <laughs> this movie debuted at 94%, certified fresh. I don't know tomatoes, but I have to ask you, Zach, but is Oppenheimer good? Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, I'm still I'm still processing it to this. Like, we're going to get off here, and I'm going to be laying in bed going, oh, fuck, we should have talked yeah. about that. No, no. Um, there's just so much, so much. No one gives you so much to chew on. It's like a really nice, like, well-marbled, not overcooked steak, and mm-hmm. you can just, like... It just stays hot somehow. It's like some sort of fucking Willy Wonka magic where it's just like yep. the perfect temperature and it doesn't need sauce and you can just like chew on it for weeks. Weeks. Also, a random, this is this is last minute shout out to Ludwig Gorenson did the score. Oh yeah, great job. It's a long way from Childish Gambino stuff, but... So, uh, Fat Man uh, was... 21 kilotons of TNT was the mm-hmm. the yield. The power. Uh, the Tsar Bomba, which is the largest or the most powerful nuclear weapon ever created and tested, was 58 megatons of TNT, which is like significantly more powerful. That's insane. When did it get detonated? It was tested in 1961. God, that's what, like 15 years after Hiroshima or something like that? Something like that. That just goes to show like how fast, how how fast it escalated, you know? Mm -hmm. Anyway, Zach, should we do Every Movie Sucks? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah? You sure? I was going to say, I doubt we can find any bad reviews. I've... I found one <laughs> This says, I watched two minutes of it in French and then left because I don't speak French. <laughs> uh, this one says, this lacks Kennergy. Oh, my God. Give me a lot of trolls on here. Um, let's see here. This is so long. Good Lord. Too long. Uh, too boring to watch, too loud to fall asleep to. Mm. Where's the Einstein sex scene, cowards? <laughs> I'm going to read uh, just one paragraph because this dude wrote like an actual novel. Second watch, oh boy. This was definitely worse on on the rewatch. All the scenes that had even an ounce of suspense in the film just didn't hit. But the scenes I liked for other reasons on the first watch held up better than ever, which was a small plus. Sadly, these scenes that I appreciated were few and far between as I really don't as, as it really only took up maybe six minutes of three hour runtime. I've been really debating even writing this just because I don't want this film taking more of my time away, but here we are. Mm. Um here's one that says this could have been an email. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> um, I'll do one more. 
Wait, let's see this. This is interesting. Here we go. This guy uh, ranked all these on a, on a scale of 1 to 10, okay? Okay. Uh, characters, 7. Plot, 3. Pacing, 1. Writing, 1. Tone, 6. Cinematography, 8. Soundtrack, 1. Acting, 6. Themes, 5. Bruh, get out of here. All right, Oof. I'm done with that. You got any more? Oppenheimer? I barely know her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. People are oh, man. stupid. And that's that's a half-star review. Like, where, Were you just doing that for the joke? Yeah, probably. Um, all right, cool. Time for shindigs. I have a little bit of news. Yeah. Uh, the first piece of news is something that you sent me, a trailer for Dear David, which apparently is based off of a Twitter thread of some yeah. guy being some <laughs> guy being haunted. That's right. Um, we have a surprise, endless DCEU Snyderverse rumors and shit. They have released behind-the-scenes pictures of Ben Affleck's Batman in his black and silver bat suit from the original Flash post. Excuse me, Flash post-credit scene. Which would have ended with the flat with Bat with Ben Affleck saying, "Bruce, come find us." I mean, Ray, come find us. And now folks are saying, "Release the machete cut." And I'm just tired of it, man. I'm just so tired of it. I love DC, but good lord, get out of here. That's the DC thing, man. So that's happening. Suit looks cool, but whatever. Uh, Netflix has canceled their live action He Man film. So sad. Anyway, a live action Borderlands film, which is a video game, I think. Is set to be released on August 9th. Yes, it's and a listen video to this. game. Listen to this. Kate Blanchett, Kevin Hart, Jack Blatt, Ariana Greenblatt, Florian Montu, and Jamie Lee Curtis are in the checks out. That checks wow. out. Uh, we already did Oppenheimer. It debuted at 96%. It's sitting at 94%. Um, Barbie debuted at 93%. I don't know what it's at right now. Let me see if I can find out. Barbie Last I checked, movie. it was like ninety on the on the dot. It is ninety one. Oh wow, ninety. Uh. Oh, actually, no, it's down to ninety. Ninety euro. Oh wow, so it's ninety. Uh, we got a new trailer for a film called The ha- a Haunting in Venice. <clears throat> Apparently, Sony is looking at Ana de Armas for the lead in the new Spider Woman film that's being developed. Don't care. Uh, the Chosen, which is a biblical TV series has an exemption from the strike. So they are like one of the few f- shows that's still filming. How? I don't um, know. Maybe because it's like church? <laughs> okay. But I has Hollywood ever... Okay, whatever. Maybe I they're filming... I think certain countries have laws against maybe. things. So maybe if they're filming in like the UK or something, they, they can't do it. And then this is not uh, about a movie, but it's entertainment news we lost a legend and that is tony bennett died at the age of like 96 i think mm-hmm. so rest, rest in, in peace, peace tony bennett did you that, give the box office numbers for barbie and oppenheimer because it um, was a big not, fucking weekend i haven't had the, i haven't got updated ones but i saw they're like 85 and like 150 but i that was like they've gone up since then 155 million barbie made and uh oppenheimer made 93.7 million wow 
which is which is good. People think like, oh, it got beat, but like that's a solid opening for anybody. But overall, um, it was like one of the biggest box office weekends in recent memory. Yeah, because there were two Dude, big movies. Packed. I mean, there were more people. Which obviously the box office numbers tell the tell the tale. There were more people today and yesterday uh, dressed in pink waiting to go see yeah. Barbie than there were to see Oppenheimer. We were standing in line and this woman uh, in front of us, I guess she was there with like her, her, her daughters. They were all dressed up. They were like, isn't it crazy that, that this movie is just so big? And she like looked at us and she was like, are you guys here to see Barbie? Or or that, that other one? And we were like, the other one. The other one. <laughs> <laughs> but there was you a see good that, Did you see it with Hannah? Yeah, I did. Hannah saw it with me. Did she like it? She she liked she didn't like it like I did, but she did like it. She she, okay. she was like it was long and she got a little confused, but she was like it was really good. Yeah. Um, we had some folks in suits too at uh, at all the yeah. NCG, so that was that was fun. Uh, but yeah, it's a, it's good to see, and I'm hopeful that these kinds of movies that are more artistic and more intentional, um, are getting some more love because even mm-hmm. even like Mission Impossible, I think was 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 really good. So. I'm surprised He-Man got canceled after Barbie did so well because it's another action figure, like, you know. Yeah, they're making like 45 movies about their toys or some shit. Anyway, Zach, Braves? I'm waiting for the, the Furby movie, personally. That'd be huge. That'd be huge. Um, uh, the Braves are doing okay. I mean, they're still not playing that well. Uh, we signed a couple pitchers that look like projects. Um, and what I mean by that is that they don't have the best stats this far in the se- excuse me in the season. But keep in mind that the World Series champion Braves signed players like Jock Peterson, Eddie Rosario, uh, and Adam Duvall, who all were. I think Adam Duvall was hitting lights out, but but Eddie Rosario and 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 Jock Peterson kind of felt like projects when we got them. So like they. So did Solaire. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, Solaire. Did we already have Duval? Am I making up that we signed Duval then? No. No. We got him. Because so he we was got killing f- he was he was killing us. Remember, he was like killing us. On the us Marlins. Like, like, he was on the Marlins. Marlins. And we got four outfielders over the course of like ten days. Yeah. Right before the deadline and then went on a tear. Um so trust in AA. Alex Anthopoulos. I'm sure he he's got it all figured out. I think we're getting a bunch of pieces together to trade for Otani. You know, yeah, okay. and then we're gonna sign incredible. him like a like a ten year, ten million. <laughs> 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 oh goodness! <clears throat> I don't see um, him coming to the Braves, but I would love it. Yeah, I don't see him coming to the Braves either, but that would be insane. Yeah, insane. There's no Apparently. other player that I would like. There were there was a time where I was like, oh, it'd be cool if we got like Aaron Judge, but uh, I mean, I don't know. The only one, because we're so good already, the only one that would like really make a fucking splash in our lineup and in our rotation, I feel like would be Otani. Like that would be yeah. insane. Have you heard about Donaldson? Remember how badly we all wanted him to stay brave? Yeah. Yeah. He's like, he's hurt again. He's like on the 60 day I, I offer the Yankees. He's like done. Well, here, but I think there's something about the brights being too, too the, sorry, the lights being too bright in New York that causes players to regress if they're if they're not ready for that because wasn't Rizzo like really fucking good and he's been like kind of lackluster since he's been on the Yankees yeah he was seen as like the second top top second like the second 
free agent first baseman uh, a few years ago. I feel and like I he that, was I that because Matt Olson wasn't a free agent. He was on the on right. The Right. I feel like he was up there in like the power rankings for like hitters yeah. and fielders and and he's yeah. he's kind of fallen off since going up to New York too. Uh think about uh, the last. other the other team in New York and how how badly they're playing. Like they got Amazing. So just both Justin Verlander and uh uh Max Scherzer are having like their worst season in the past like 10 years. Both of them are. Yeah. Um, which you could that say they're, they're going to trade one of them already. Yeah. Well, they just signed Verlander. Yep. Yep. Makes makes me happy. Anyway, Zach, that was very brave of you. It's the bravest thing I've done all week. Whiskey shots. I don't think you're going to take a shot of whiskey because you're sick, but I have a shot of whiskey. It'll be good for my throat. You know, okay, that's cool. what that's what my like family. Uh, you oh, know, yeah, we're like, like Swedes from like Wisconsin, um, and that's what they. You can't get medicine out in those. You know. Out in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> Wisconsin. All they have is cheese and whiskey. So they drink whiskey. Well, here's to... I hope you're feeling better. And to whiskey. Cheers, whiskey. And cheers, whiskey. Clink. Oh, nice and warm. Mm. Where can they find us? They can find us on. Uh, they can find us on X. That's right. <laughs> whatever the fuck it's called now, <laughs> Twitter, whatever it's called, at b i i g pod podcast. Yeah. You can email us at b i i g podcast at gmail dot com. Follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube, and probably Threads here soon. Whatever. At but is it good podcast? Uh, please say hello. Have we're doing Barbie next week? So which one won for you out of the Barbenheimer? I t- I I did a poll. I think it's over. It's too late. I did a poll on our Instagram and Oppenheimer. No, Barbie won. Mm. I think mm-hmm. Barbie won like easily. So there you have it. There you I, have it. But I I'm excited to see it. Anyway, that's all. Zach, go to bed. All right, I'm going to. I'm gonna li- go lay down. I'm going to drink some sleepy time tea. Sleepy time tea. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. See ya. But is it good podcast? Yeah, 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 yeah.